Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Today is Palm Sunday. Today we are celebrating. Today is the the beginning. When we look back in the Bible, this was the journey to the cross. This was the journey that Jesus began before he ever died and rose again. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21. We're going to be in verses 1 through 11. Matthew 21, 1 through 11. And it says this. It says, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and they threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in uproar as he answered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from, the, from Nazareth in Galilee. I want to read it. I want to talk about this because today the Bible calls this the the triumphal entry. And more than that, it's to let you know that the king is here. That the king has arrived. That the king is present. Can I tell you something? That that God, God has a house and it's called the kingdom. It's called the kingdom. He has a house and it's, and it's called the kingdom. And all of creation is his kingdom. In fact, in the book of Psalms, chapter 24, 1 through 2, it says this. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. In other words, God's kingdom is his rule over creation. And the Bible says that the earth of the Lord is the Lord's and everything in it. So when God created the world, the earth, he created his, do- his kingdom to have domain in this place. And he used people. He, he gives the ball to Adam, but Adam fumbles it. If you watch football, fumble is never a good thing. Adam fumbles it. So he has to, they have to send Jesus, the redeemer, to change the course of human history. And in fact, the Bible says this, can you go to Zechariah 9.9? It says, this is the prophecy before Jesus walks, and when we do Palm Sunday, before we ever celebrate Palm Sunday, this is what they're talking about. It says, rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So thousands of years before Jesus ever steps into this chapter, 
Zechariah had already prophesied this moment. Which lets us know that everything that God has been saying in the Old Testament was fulfilled today. That everything that people were looking forward to, that people were talking about, was fulfilled in this moment. And it lets us know that God's rule reigns today. That the king has arrived. And because the king has arrived, we experience three things. Authority, fulfillment, and a place. Because the king is present, we experience authority, fulfillment, and a place. If you're wondering, those are the points today. Help you out a little bit. If you go back to verses 2 and 3, I want to read some one more time. On Matthew 21, 2 and 3. It says, go, Jesus says, go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. Whenever there's a king present, we understand that there's an authority present. Whenever your boss walks into a room, you understand that their authority trumps yours. You might have oversight over an area in your company, but if you are not the CEO, if you are not the CEO, you're not the main owner, you understand that their presence trumps yours. And the Bible says that whenever the king comes, there is an authority that comes with it. And what I love about this story, share is this, is that not only does Jesus carry an authority, but he shares it with his followers. As long as I follow Jesus... I also gain an authority as well. I also walk with an authority as well. Jesus gives them a command, and the disciples are responsible with following up with his command. And Jesus goes, hey, I'm telling you, I'm giving you the authority that whenever those people come, see, we miss it in this story all the time because we're so focused on everything else. But Jesus is exercising a prophecy. He's exercising the authority that the king gives. And he's telling them, go, and if they tell you, dude, what are you doing? You tell them, the master, the king wants it. Jesus, he needs it. So when me and you gain an authority because we have Christ... In other words, me and you can look at a problem, can look at a situation and speak to it because God has given us the authority to address it. He's given us an authority to address it. In other words, we have permission from Jesus to talk to it because that it in your life has to respond to that name because that name lives in you. I don't know if you're getting it this morning, but you have to understand that because you walk in Christ, you walk with a new authority. You don't got to run from the problem. You you don't got to look over the problem. No, when God gives you a command to speak to something, it's because he's backing you up. So it doesn't matter what's in front of you. It doesn't matter what the task is. It doesn't matter what you're feeling in the moment. Because God said it, so I shall do it. And because I do it, I walk with his authority. And he allows me to experience it. Amen. You're scaring me. I don't know if you're getting it this morning. There is an authority behind it. And Jesus tells them. He tells them. Because Jesus, he's, he's God. He, he knows. 
Because if I were, if Jesus, obviously this is not going to happen, but if I were to go and Jesus said, I need that, that, uh, I need that F-150 out there, go and get it. And the, you're, you're the owner. You're like, Hey, what the heck are you doing? Pastor Zav? That's not your truck. But Jesus said, you know, nowadays I can't do that. Cause then there's going to be a fight in the parking lot. KGNS will be here. Like what look, I will be here. Everybody will be here. All right. But Jesus tells him, and, he, and he, he specifically says, if someone says something about it, tell them that I need it. That I need it. You see, if I would have gone to the donkey in my name, that donkey would have been still tied up. But because if I go with the name of Jesus, I don't know if you're getting this. If I came in the name of Jesus... Something has to be loosed. In the Bible, you have to understand, oxen were used to plow fields. They didn't use donkeys. They used oxen. You would never go into a field in those times and and see a ox and a donkey plowing a field because they would be unequally yoked. It wouldn't work. And the thing about oxen is not only were oxen strong enough to plow fields, oxen responded to the master that called upon them. Oxen were obedient. Oxen understood that as long as I put that yoke on you, and as long as I'm giving direction, they're going to follow. But here's the thing about donkeys. Donkeys are stubborn. You ever seen a donkey? They are stubborn. They're stubborn, and if you're not careful, and you, keep, you mess with it long enough, they'll bite you. They'll bite your finger. Try it. Just kidding, don't try it. But. <laughs> they'll bite you, but they are, they are stubborn animals. They don't use them to plow fields. They use them for different things. And I like to think sometimes that that just like a donkey, sometimes as human beings, we can get stubborn about certain things. We'll put it like this. It's the donkey side of our flesh. Where we are stubborn people. We are stubborn when it comes to our life. We are stubborn because we want something to work in a certain way. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make it work that way. And God's like, don't do that. It, you know, God's trying to give you a different instruction. But you're like, no, no, it has to be this way because I like it this way. And you're arguing with God and you're arguing with your spouse. You're arguing with your kids. And all of, you, all of a sudden you understand that it's just chaos. And before you know it, you're continuously tied up. You're tied up. See, the donkey was tied up, but it could still move. The only problem was it can move, but it was restricted. The donkey could only move a certain point, but because it was tied up, it could never go as far as it needed to go. It was never free. And isn't it funny, church, that when we fail to adhere to the master, to the king. We're able to do certain things, but we're never free. We're, we're, we're tied up. We're stuck. 
But I'm here to encourage you, like I said from the very beginning, that the king is here. That means that every chain is broken. That because he's present, he sets me loose. That I no longer have to be tied. That he can say a word and I'm set free. He can say a word and I'm healed. He can say a word and I'm no longer addicted. He can say because the king is here. And he's given me and you an authority as well. Because the king has authority, I have authority. And I can speak to my flesh. And I can speak to that issue. And something has to change. Something has to happen. Because of the power of God that's in me. If you weren't here in our Tuesday prayer two weeks ago, me and my wife prayed for this woman in the front. It was after prayer she came up to us. And this woman had tumors. And she was going to get surgery. And and they were going to remove her uterus. It was was like a, a, a problem. So me and my wife began to speak faith into her, and we began to pray. And then I went out of town. I was, I was gone. I was in Pittsburgh, and then I went to Mexico City. And so I wasn't there for prayer, but this, this woman went and talked to Pastor Alex about it. And we found out that the week after, when she went to the doctor, they could not find the tumors anymore. <clears throat> Which... Reminded me when Pastor Alex told me because that lady couldn't find us, we were out of town. It reminded me that God's word is still reigns today, that God's word still works, that faith still works, that prayer still works. I don't know what you came with today, but God is here and He is present to set you free. He is present to open the door, He's a present to touch your body, He's present to let you know that the King is here and there's nothing too hard for Him. That's why I'm here to encourage you. Because sometimes you're looking at the problem and the problem seems like nothing's going to change. It can't happen. It won't work. And all that's coming out of your mouth is negative things. But I'm here to help you to change your words and look at God once more. And watch that you have an authority to speak to that problem. And God has to do something about it. Our God is not a liar. Our King has the authority And because I accepted Jesus in my life, I also carry the authority, church. Jesus coming in through a prophecy of Zechariah, and then we read this in Matthew 21. Jesus coming in that moment was confirmation of a fulfillment, church. Not only does the king come to bring authority, but the king comes with fulfillment. A good king fulfills everything he promises. It's not like the presidents. They promise you everything. You get you hyped up and then they don't do nothing. Hello, inflation. It's not like any other person, political person that wants to promise you X, Y, and Z and they don't do it. No, no. A good king, our God, fulfills his promises every single day. I know that you have met people and you've gone through situations where someone promised you something and didn't follow through. And it hurt you, it destroyed you, it discouraged you. It did a lot of things to you, but I'm here to also encourage you that on the other side, while they are human, God is not human. While they have flaws, God is not flawed. God fulfills everything that his word says. In fact, 2 Corinthians 1.20, can you put it up there for people to read? It says this, it says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. 
with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So when Jesus walked in and everybody was excited and they said, oh, it's the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Confirmation right there. Every, for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. With a resounding yes. I'm here to encourage you, church, that there is a yes to your prayer. There is a yes to your life. There is a yes to your faith. There is a yes to what you're believing God for. There's a yes to it. Do not let the circumstances that you see in your face right now discourage you from experiencing his yes. His yes. Not my yes. Because I can say a lot of things. And I can tell you tomorrow the the sky is going to be purple. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Not because... Your boss promised you this, your uncle, your tia, whoever promised. No, no. When it comes to God and when I come to God and I come to agreement with his word, it is a yes. I'm agreeing with what God has already said. I'm walking in obedience to what God has already promised. There's a yes to it. There's a fulfillment. If you're in this room and you feel unfulfilled, come to Christ and find the fulfillment that you've been looking for. Come to Christ and find the confirmation that you've been needing. Come to God's word and go back and remind yourself that because God said it, I will see it. Because God said in his word, I will experience it. Because he said it. Because Jesus said it, and the disciples obeyed, they got the donkey. Because Jesus promised in his word that he would be with us always, we have the Holy Spirit. You go all the way to the book of Revelation, you see it again. Victory belongs to the people of God. Amen. Belongs to the people of God. It is a fulfillment church. Jesus going on a donkey and people laying out branches and garments was a fulfillment that Zechariah prophesied thousands of years before Jesus comes to the picture. To the T. It wasn't like Zechariah was, you know, he was a little off. Maybe he was smoking peyote. I don't know what he was doing back in the day. No, no. Zechariah prophesied. And it happens to the T. And Jesus walks. And the people that have been waiting for the Messiah to come experienced watching the Messiah came. The Messiah didn't come like many Jews till this day are waiting for. He didn't come. He didn't go and overthrow the Roman government. He didn't come and bring war and this breakout happened and people were getting kidnapped. No, he came in peace. He came humble. He came the way God had always intended it to be. He didn't come the way man expected. He came the way God had already had an expectation for. And it brought fulfillment. People were praising God. The Bible says there was an uproar in the city because of this fulfillment. That's why when we sing songs like All Hail King Jesus, which I hope we sing it for Easter, 
all hail King Jesus, and we sing all these other songs, it's because we recognize that he is the true king, that he is the king of kings and the lords of lords, church, that he reigns over all earth. The earth is his footstool. Psalms 24, 1 and 2 confirms that. The earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, confirms that and brings that. And the last thing is it gives us a place. It gives place to our life. When things are out of order, you'll co- and if you go back to the root, it's because God's not there. When things are hectic in your life, and things are crazy, it's because maybe God is not the center. He, he, God is not first. God somehow is out of the equation, and that's why you feel like everything else is misplaced. You have misplaced joy. You have misplaced peace. You have uh, misplaced whatever, X, Y, and Z. It's usually because Christ is in the wrong place in your life. So sometimes suffering happens because Christ is somewhere not in his place. Mistakes happen. Stress happens because Christ is not in the right place. But when you put Christ in his place, you experience his peace. And I can't experience God's promises until I give him his place. I can't experience everything that this book has to say. I can't experience what the word of God says until Christ has his place. Until Christ has his authority. Until Christ is the leader of my life. Because here's the thing, church. Because whatever you give place to has reign over your life. Whatever you give place to. If you don't have Christ in its proper place, but you substitute him with something else, it will have reign over your life. If you give place to anxiety and worry in your life over your faith, you will constantly experience anxiety and worry. If you give place to toxic relationships, you will always experience broken relationships. But if you give place to Christ, you will always experience breakthrough. Amen. There's a difference. There's a difference when Christ has its place. What I love about the story, going back to the donkey, is that the donkey's loose, and then the Bible says, then They put the garments on, and then Jesus sat in that place. Jesus sat in that place, in in that, on that donkey, the donkey that was tied up, the donkey that was stubborn. Jesus uses it anyways. Whenever Jesus has a place, you find that there is purpose. When you feel like you don't have purpose, it's because, again, there's a misplace of where Jesus is. Purpose is not just, oh, I, I'm here on the stage and 
now, now I have purpose. No, no. Purpose is in your kitchen. I'm not saying women cooking. Okay? Don't throw stones at me. I have to redirect because then my wife will correct me later. What I mean is this. Is that purpose is found in your family. Purpose is found at your job. Purpose is found at HEB. Purpose is found anywhere you set foot upon. Purpose is, is found. And God gives, has given me and you purpose to proclaim his name everywhere we go. We celebrate Easter because we're celebrating that that king died on the cross and he resurrected and now we are redeemed and now we have a new life and now we get to be with with Jesus forever there's a place for me because God came in this earth now I have a place in heaven amen I have a place there's a place for me And I believe that, that when, for something in this room, that if you would give your life to Jesus, you would experience everything that we're talking about. When, 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 when we prayed for that woman, we prayed in faith. And, 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 and last Tuesday, I'll tell our people that come to prayer on Tuesdays. The way I deal with doubt, because... Praying for someone that's about to get surgery and they're going to remove her uterus and there's tumors and all these things. That's not a, a, a simple prayer or like, oh, Pastor, I got a headache today. Can you pray? You know, I'll, I'll take that. I can do that. You know, this is serious stuff. And so when, when, when I, I tell people, when, when I pray for people, I shut my flesh off. And even though I might feel something, it doesn't come out of my mouth. I speak what the word of God says. And I let my faith take over my feelings. I I, I shut that part off. I don't let it come out. I don't say it. I don't say, oh God, would you maybe, just maybe please touch this lady. No, no, no. God and Jesus, I thank you, Father, that this tumor that leaves now in Jesus' name, there's, there's a difference. There's a difference. And that's what we gain with Christ. We gain authority, we gain fulfillment, and we gain place. And it allows us to walk in a new way. It allows us to operate in a new way. It allows us to live in a new way. When I encounter Jesus, I can't be the same. And even if I wanted to go back to who I used to be, it's not fulfilling. I don't know if you've ever been like that. You follow God for a little bit and you kind of went and did your own thing. You took, you took a break from Jesus. It's never the same. Right? It's, ne- it's, it's not. And it will never be. Because once you've tasted the goodness of God, you can't go back to trash. That's why the book of Psalms says, come and taste. In other words, come try and see it 
It's kind of like when someone wants to invite you to a new restaurant. Dude, you got to try this place. It's super good. And they're hyping it up. Oh, yes. 551, yes. In Las Vegas. It's different when the only way that you'll be able to understand what they're saying is by going yourself and trying it. If not, you can't say the same things they're saying. But once you've tried it, and it's exactly like they said it would be, you spread the gospel of that restaurant all over Facebook and Instagram and everything. Same thing with Jesus. Once you've tried him, once you've given your life to him, once you've followed him enough, it's easy to spread the gospel. It's easy to see what other people see because you've experienced it for yourself. This morning as, you know, we were worshiping and we were, you know, talking about how, how everything, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. It, it, it's a great declaration because it coincides with what Jesus came for to bring change. I said it many years ago. I probably said it to our youth tons of times back in the day. And I'm here to let you know that Jesus didn't come here so you could be sorry. He came so you could be changed. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.